past eight o'clock and time, of course, for this week's Letter to Hong Kong, which comes from legislator Kwok Ka from the Civic Party. The following program is a personal view program. Dear Chi Ho, what will be the future of Hong Kong? People in Hong Kong seem to be very perplexed now. Many young people are feeling frustrated and disappointed with the political and economic situation here. Quite a number of them actually immigrated or are considering moving elsewhere. Much of the debate in Hong Kong evolves around a major theme. How far should we embrace China? People close to the mainland, Chinese official responsible for Hong Kong affairs, C.Y. Leung, and pro-Beijing political parties are always saying that Hong Kong is losing her edge over other mainland cities like Shanghai and Beijing. The only way to get around it, according to these people, is to merge as much as possible with the master economic plan of mainland China. To these people, the future of Hong Kong depends on how much we become part of China. On the other hand, many Hong Kongers are quite disturbed by the greater presence of the mainland including the surge of huge numbers of tourists and wealthy property buyers? Could the familiar Hong Kong be disappearing? Residents in Satin, Taipo and Shengshui, for instance, found their communities gradually invaded by jewelry shops, luxury stores, dispensaries and malls aiming for mainland tourists. Contrary to expectation, many Hong Kong people are becoming more alienated from the mainland. What is more alarming to us, however, is a loss and deterioration of the core values of Hong Kong. In the recent controversy surrounding the appointment of the pro-vice-chancellor of the University of Hong Kong, thousands of alumni came out opposing the decision made by the University Council, which was believed to be manipulated by Beijing and CY Leung. The saga now extends to another university, the Ningnan University. C.Y. Leung had recently nominated two members with very strong political sons. One is a member of the pro-establishment DAB, the other is a lawyer. Both were very outstanding in spearing the umbrella movement, being an opponent of the democratic camp. In both universities, there have been heated debate and sentiment against the appointment of such members. Advocates now argue for the need of revamping the relevant law in order to abolish the past practice of allowing chief executive as the chancellor of the university. Does it matter? It does. Let's look at how others see the situation in Hong Kong. The recent weighting of the Heritage Foundation's 2015 Index of Economic Freedom still puts Hong Kong top on the list. By contrast, mainland China ranks 139 falling behind countries like Papua New Guinea, Cambodia and Mozambique. One more fact. The score of Hong Kong has declined by 0.5 points since last year. And the foundation said this reflects, open close, a higher level of perceived corruption that outweighs more improvement in business freedom, labour freedom and fiscal freedom. Although Hong Kong maintains features of an economically free society, economic decision-making has become more bureaucratic and politicized, and the government's administrative scope and which has expanded. Recent political events appear to have undermined public trust and confidence in the administration. Close quote. A timely warning for Hong Kong, and it described very well the situation here. 
We are worried about our future, not about how good we are in merging or integrating with the mainland China, but how we are losing our precious competitive advantages we have been so proud of, such as respect of the rule of law, transparent government, freedom of speech and press, anti-corruption measures, and a strong adherence to the system. To act on the list, Hong Kong went first in the World Development Index weighted by World Economic Forum and second on the list of ease of doing business index by the World Bank. These ratings serve to illustrate that Hong Kong always has the ability to compare favorably with most developed areas in the world. We can outperform major world cities like New York or London. The main reason that we top this list is not only that we are at the doorstep of China, or that we are a major Chinese city like Shanghai or Beijing. Instead, our competitive advantage lies in our open society, freedom of press, rule of law, and lack of corruption that make Hong Kong a favorable choice for the international community. However, we are certainly losing our edge rapidly. In Next Code this week, we debated and voted on the motion of extending the application of Sections 3 and 8 of the Prevention of Bribery Ordinance to the Chief Executive. The motion moved was in fact following the direction of recommendation made by the report on the Independent Review Committees for the Prevention and Handling of Potential Conflicts of Interest headed by the past Chief Judge, Mr. Andrew Lee. The committee was set up in 2012 after news reports about alleged corruption of the past Chief Executive Donald Zhang through favorable treatment by wealthy mainland businessmen. In fact, the situation is getting worse. News broke out last year that the present chief executive, C.Y. Leung, had received four million pound from an overseas company in concluding a takeover deal of a company named DTZ, which he partly owned, with a promise to observe the requirement from the company to protect their interests. Instead of telling the truth, C.Y. Leung chose to hide himself, never really telling the truth or addressing the concern of the public. There has not been any progress or news about the investigation of this incident. People in Hong Kong are very concerned about this deal. They commonly believe that there is a malpractice involved. It seems very unlikely that C.Y. Leung is willing to tell the truth or admit any possible wrongdoing. This is very likely to drag on, and the price that the Hong Kong people is going to pay is our reputation as a corrupt free city and our trust of the government. So how about the debate? The motion was vetoed as expected. People here in Hong Kong may be very disappointed or frustrated, but the result will not surprise them. People here are just used to this absurd phenomenon and becoming immune to it. It is sad to find that the people in Hong Kong are seeing more and perhaps forced to accept malpractice and corruption, which is a common phenomenon on the mainland. Even the recent crackdown on corruption initiated by Chairman Xi Jinping, including the jailing of very senior officials, may not be able to eradicate corruption. Experts in Chinese affairs see the move more as political purge instead of genuine anti-corruption measures. Corruption still exists, but may go underground. The 2014 Corruption Perception Index ranked Hong Kong 17, down from the previous year. Could we become more like China in this aspect? Another falling rating that worries us is of press freedom. Hong Kong ranked 70 in 2015 World Press Freedom Index, down from 61 last year and 18 in 2002. We are seeing more self-get and control of media from investor closely linked to mainland. Press freedom has become a rarity and a luxury in Hong Kong. 
Yes, we are getting close to mainland, at least in the indices that I just mentioned on press freedom and corruption perception. Are we happy with that? I'm afraid not. Stability and prosperity through economic development is a necessary but not sufficient condition for Hong Kong to continue to thrive as a pearl of the Orient. Our grammar as a pearl in this part of the world does not come solely from money-making. The charm of Hong Kong lies in its freedom and vibrancy, its law and order, its efficiency and diversity. As Asia's world city, we pride ourselves not only as a financial centre, but also a hub for lawyers, entrepreneurs, movie-makers, artists, journalists and people from all walks of life. Let's keep our pearls shining. Yours sincerely, KK, November 15. 2015